Before you dive into our first full episode, we recommend starting with our introductory episode. In it, you'll learn about the inspiration behind this podcast, get to know Chris and Adrian and their experience, and gain insights into our target audience. It's the perfect preamble to enrich your listening experience. Thanks and enjoy. We're so busy. If we're so distracted, if we're not slowing down and actually getting silent enough to understand what our heart desires really are, how could we pursue them? How could we ever be fulfilled? Absolutely. Welcome to the Overflowing Life Podcast, where we navigate the crossroads of modern leadership and authentic living. I'm your host, Chris Lagarde, leadership coach and team development expert. In this season, we dive into the high-speed, burnout-driven world of leadership, exploring how to navigate its intensity without sacrificing ourselves on the altar of success. In this episode, we begin our season by asking the question, have we lost our souls to the hustle? And if so, how do we know? What does that feel like? And is it even possible to get it back? Enjoy. Welcome to the Overflowing Life Podcast. I'm excited to get this season off the ground, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian Fraza. How are you, Adrian? Hi, Chris. I'm doing great. Hi, everyone. All right. Well, so it's a big it's a big day. You and I have been talking about this topic for a while and the topics we're going to cover, so I'm really excited to kind of get this off the ground. So listen, this season is all about understanding have we lost our souls to the modern world? And if so, what do we do about that? So, you know, Adrian, have we lost our souls in the digitally fast-paced, dominated, crazy, distracted culture we live in today? Mm, you're starting with the million dollar question. I think it's a slippery slope. I think it's um, probably a little bit yes and a little bit no, depending on the person, depending on the life circumstances, the environment that they're in. One of the things that I've been thinking about, I think, is um, the blessing and the curse of technology. And so on the one hand, it makes things so much easier, so much faster, so much efficient. We are able to connect with people that we've never been able to connect with. If I have popcorn brain and I just want to investigate five different things, I can just grab out my phone and figure it all out in five minutes. But at the same time, it's a huge distraction too. And how many times have we observed people who want to have conversations and one person is on their phone or we're in meetings and somebody's texting? I think it can be really um, disheartening when we are constantly tied to our technology. So are we losing our souls to technology? I think it's probably a little bit yes, but I also think that with some self-awareness and some guardrails, we could maybe reverse that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that perspective. You know, as, as I was originally thinking about this topic, I've been observing for the last three or so years, maybe a little bit longer as I've, I've coached business owners, that th there was something wrong. There was something that, that wasn't, it wasn't right. I don't know if it wasn't wrong, but it wasn't right. That my clients were constantly coming back to me and, and they're coming to the cause stressed out, frazzled, like they couldn't catch up. They couldn't catch their breath. And, you know, I've seen that time and time again. And as I've listened to a lot of people talk about this, I've asked people in Ubers as I've traveled, like, how has their experience been, especially since COVID? Um, and, you know, the, the weird thing that happened there, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but like, you know, how are you feeling about things? Do you feel like your life is, is in a good place do you know who you are? Are you connected with your yourself? And, you know, 
it definitely feels like we are. Now, whether it's just, I don't think it's just to technology. I actually think it's also to, I think what contributes to it is the pace at which things are changing, right? And so, you know, never before have things been iterated and changed and updated as quickly as as they have been. And a really uh, favorite author of mine, a guy named David Benner, mentioned in an article I read recently that uh, it, the article was titled An Interview with a Master Teacher. And he's a psychologist and uh, I believe he's a, a Christian spiritual director, spiritual formation director, but he said that the soul is the middle ground between matter and spirit, body and mind, thinking and feeling. The soul is our capacity for self-reflection and self-knowing. And the soul stands as a bridge between the lower and higher realms of human personhood. And without the soul at the center, we'll always be less fully functioning human beings. So what does that make you think of? Put you on the spot here. Oh, wow. I think it's important that we stay in touch with our souls. I want to go back and ask you what you had brought up about change, though, and how quickly things are evolving. And are the people who are more comfortable with change, are they the ones who are more inclined to stay connected with their souls and to embrace the change and maybe become a little bit more fluid with it versus the people who really struggle with change and who bristle against it and who say, well, this is the way it's always been done. And, you know, they just get steeped into clinging to the past or resisting change. Are they maybe a little bit, um, is it harder for them to to stay connected to to who they are and, and their souls? So yeah, that's a pretty deep passage. Yeah. I, I, and what I love about it is the idea of what is the soul? You know, I don't, even in, in religious circles, it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what is that. But I love how he defined it as the middle ground between matter and spirit. And it's, it's our capacity for self-reflection and self-knowing. You know, um, what I've observed is, is how we've kind of outsourced our ability to manage our consciousness, right? So instead of what I mean by that is instead of sitting and feeling the emotion that comes up from an, uh, from an, uh, 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 you know, an instance or a situation, we just pick up our phone and distract ourselves, right? So we're not facing that, right? So that, that capacity for self-reflection and self-knowing has kind of disappeared. And, and so how do we, how do we deal with change if it's happening faster and faster, which most human beings don't like change. We know that. Um, and so, you know, our ability to deal with that really stems and hinges on our ability for self-reflection and self-knowing. And if we're losing that to distraction and hurry, that's a problem. Yeah, I wonder too, and as we were kind of preparing for this episode, you know, thinking about um, why are people so addicted to their phones, right? And what is it that they are numbing by using their phones constantly? And how are they not creating space to sit and be reflective and to really feel what it is they're feeling? Because you pick up their phone and it's either the instant distraction or you get that ping, beep, bloop, whatever, uh, which then gives you that really quick dopamine hit because you just got you know, uh, uh, something that just gives you that little zing that makes you feel good and, and it just continues this perpetual distraction. And so I think it's it's hard to enter into that level of self-awareness and self-reflection when we have so many technology distractions around us. Do you find that that's true? Do you experience that in your life? 
It's funny you ask that because I forgot to put my phone on do not disturb before we started this. And I just got like this text message from somebody. So I'm like, ah, do not disturb. Got to put it on. So of course I do. And, you know, and it's, it's, you know, so what you had asked about, you know, instead of sitting and being present, we're distracting ourselves and that's nothing new, right? It's just the phone is new. The smartphone is new. And the fact that it's engineered to distract us and, and grab our attention is new. On purpose. You know, we've been doing that. Yes. Right. I know. I mean, there's plenty of documentaries out there that have, have shared that. And the, uh, you know, it's just, we used to do that with other things, you know, whether it was always and always being busy, which we still do today. And so, you know, that's just one aspect of this. And, you know, Adrian, what I've, what I've found is that, um, in addition to the smartphone and that distraction and not being present to ourselves, it exacerbates an issue, especially for business owners and leaders where, you know, there's a lot of fear there. There's um, a lot of pain associated with a lot of, you know, pain is inevitable. We can't avoid pain and uh, well, we can't avoid pain, but it happens. Right. And and when we continue to avoid it and avoid it and avoid it, we, you know, we're, we're, we're just, so we get so busy. We, um, we ignore it. I was actually watching, Ted Lasso again, and there was an episode where he goes to his the psychologist for the uh, for the team. For those of you that have seen it, and I just was watching him distract himself from his pain as he's like working towards sitting down with her. And it was really amazing to watch that just play out in front of me. That he was avoiding his pain by like being yeah. sarcastic and by looking at different things in our office. That bird that goes up and down or whatever, um, and it was just fascinating to watch. It's so hard for people to enter into those uncomfortable feelings, right? And so especially when we have a phone or something else to distract us, or I know exactly which Ted Lasso episode you're talking about, the the little, the birdie, right? That that dips up, up and down. Um, yeah, I mean, how do, how do we get past that? How do we realize that that's a necessary part of life that we have to enter into and to order to become healthier versions of ourselves? Yeah. Let me actually lay out a few symptoms of the problem. So if you're listening, I want you to think about these things. And does this show up in your life? Right. Uh, and then we'll get into some details about this. So, you know, some of these symptoms, this is not an exhaustive list, but a couple of things I've gathered from a few books and articles, but always feeling pressure from having to do too much that you don't have enough time and you're always rushing. That's one thing. Uh, never ending stress leading to health issues always stressed out and that's coming up as either ulcers or, you know, worse. Um, your core relationships are deteriorating, right? Those ones that are at home or outside of work, they're just not going in a good direction. Uh, you're overly concerned with what other people think, or you're defensive or too easily offended. And then your identity is deeply tied to the business success or the role, the success in the role that you're in. Maybe, even you've gotten to the point where you're you're apathetic, you're feeling unenthusiastic or even threatened by the success of others. And then there's probably a lack of self-awareness. You're unsure of who you are and what really matters. Now, Adrian, I know that I have felt that for sure. Uh, and even right now, you know, some of those things I'm like, yeah, I probably need to work on some of those. And I've been working on them. But man, that has definitely shown up in my life. And and now that, you know, when I look at that, now I can be like, okay. If I'm defensive or easily offended by somebody else, that's a trigger point or, or a sign, a flag to be like, hey, man, pay attention to this. Yeah. And I would add too, you know, the body keeps the score. 
And so what kind of physical symptoms are you having where, you know, you constantly are experiencing tension in your body? Where, um, you know, are you having headaches constantly? Are you eating poorly? Can you not sleep? You know, what are the physical manifestations? I know for me, that was a really big um, clue to my burnout. I think I, I researched it a little bit and through some therapy realized that adrenal fatigue is actually a real thing too. And so just to become aware of that and how do you start to fix that, um, you know, thinking about basic needs is where you need to start. Like, are you feeding yourself well? Are you hydrating? Are you sleeping? Um, if you're not doing those things, then you're probably experiencing some pretty severe burnout. So Adrian, let's, let's just talk a little bit about this practically speaking, right? I would imagine that the folks listening, they're feeling, they felt what we've talked about. Right. When we talked about those things that have come up, the 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 stress and and hurry and and feeling like you can never catch up. Let's just start to touch on, okay, well, um, what are the implications of that around uh how we show up in business and and why does this even matter? I mean, look, you know, Chris, Adrian, I'm I I've been going like a bat out of hell forever. I don't need sleep. I mean, shoot, I've heard Elon Musk brag about sleeping two hours a night or something silly like that. He's like, look, you know, I I don't need to slow down, right? That's not something I need to do. So, you know, I I think we would argue, "Mm, no, I I think there's something there to that. Would you agree? Yeah. I think we even asked the question of, well, what's going to happen if you don't slow down? And maybe even thinking about, you know, what has happened because you haven't slowed down? And maybe, I don't know, Chris, do you have a, a story? Stories are sticky. Do you have an example of, you know, maybe in the time when you were really in the the thick of that hurry and, you know, a mistake that you made or um, how your creativity was stifled because, you know, that's typically where things begin. Yeah. Well, uh, you probably know this, but in case our listeners don't, the uh, the mind is an amazing tool. and fear kills creativity, right? And stress is a part of fear. And so, you know, I can think back to a couple of times where, you know, there was some, you know, let's just say it's happened numerous times where somebody reached out to me in my organization. Maybe they were, you know, in various positions where they're like, Hey, I really need to talk to you. And immediately, and this is where my ego kind of got involved immediately. I'd feel it in the pit of my stomach. And I was like, Oh no, they hate me or they're going to leave or they're angry or something like that. And because I was hurrying um, in a lot of ways, I didn't slow down to really think about this and think about why, why am I being triggered this way? Why am I reacting that way? Um, you know, I immediately went to fear and, and fear shuts down our ability to be creative, to innovate, to look for uh, solutions. And so, you know, that application right there of me, for me to get out of my own way and think, well, look, I'm making up a story here. I don't, I don't need to do that. You know, they just may need to talk about something very simple. Uh, it, it, it keep, it prevented me from really thinking that way. And so many times within business where I could think of where I was fearful about whether I was valuable or needed in a conversation. And I just, man, I was not very good in that conversation, whether I wanted to control it or I couldn't come up with really good solutions because I was stuck in a state of fear. Yeah, that's a great example. You know, I was also thinking of in response to, you know, what's going to happen if you don't slow down and if you don't take care of yourself, the whole putting your air mask or putting your oxygen mask on before helping others. I think so many 
business leaders, just so many humans want to be helpful. They they give because they are caring people. They're kind. They're compassionate. They really want to be there to help others, to support others. But if they're not taking care of themselves, then they're, they're not going to have anything to give. You can't give somebody something that you don't have. And so by just being aware that maybe you're kind of scraping the bottom of your barrel and knowing like maybe it's time to to slow down or to do a digital detox or to just as you keep saying to reconnect with your soul like you'll have more to give others when you take the time to do that i i heard a uh, couple couple of things that i want to bring to light here one is that you can't lead other people until you are detached from whether they approve or like you and because you, if you think about that, like, man, if you are attached that you need them to like you or approve of you, you're just going to do whatever it takes to get there. And, and, you know, I, I don't know, I, you can't lead that way. The other thing is, is that what you focus on, where you put your awareness determines who you become tomorrow. So if your awareness and your focus is either on your phone, like we've been talking about, or on whether somebody likes you, that that is not going to lead you anywhere good. You're not being creative and innovative around who you are supposed to be and what the vision of your business and who you show up as. Uh, it's going to stifle that and and really stunt that uh, that growth a lot. You know. Yeah, that. absolutely. So, so you know, also life comes down to. Uh, I heard another coach say this the other day that life is really nothing but awareness and choice. And without awareness of our emotions and thoughts, we can't change, right? We become captive to our habits. And with what we're talking about, when the the if we're not ruthlessly eliminating hurry from our lives, if we're not slowing down, if we're not reflecting, if we're not, you know, we're going to talk about this later, you know, taking time for silence and solitude and understanding what's really going on between our ears, that awareness will never happen. And I can tell you for, for a long time, one of the things the Enneagram did for me was to show me that I had put my heart in a box and I was paying no attention to it, which was impacting my personal relationships, how I showed up for my family, how I showed up for the people I led. It was not good at all. And so, you know, once I became aware of that, it's like, oh, okay, I can make some different choices. But man, I'll tell you, Becoming aware of things, Adrian, I don't know what your experience has been, but it's almost like raising yourself from the dead because how do you become aware of something you have no awareness of, right? In a lot of ways, I needed a coach. I needed somebody from outside of me to speak that into me. And we used a tool, you know, called the Enneagram, called the IQ9 to to bring that awareness to me. Without that, I would have had no awareness at all. Yeah, I think that's such an existential question, <laughs> right? Like how can yeah. you how do you become aware of things you're you're not aware about and also, you can't change what you don't know. And so you're right, digging into those tools, going to therapy, um, exploring your Enneagram type. One of the things that stood out most to me um, about the Enneagram was the discussion about the pause, right? So we all have these default ways of acting and responding. And once you are aware of these patterns and these habitual responses that you have, then you can make that choice to pause and choose a different response. And I think oftentimes because we're in this constant state of hurry, we're just, we're operating on our default mode. And until we have that awareness of, oh, this isn't working for me, or this isn't working for the people that I love or that I'm in community with, they have to have that awareness to pause and then make an intentional decision to choose a different response. Yeah, that's important. That's 
I mean, you know, that's that's makes a huge difference between reacting and responding. Yes. And I love the idea of being a non-anxious presence in the world around me. And that's something I've been focusing on as I've been on this journey and, and incorporating practices and habits into my world that allow me to connect with myself and with my God and to have that peace. It's like, man, being that non-anxious presence in a world that's so anxious, um, you know, you just pull up the newsfeed any day and it's like, man, it's all there. That takes intention. And that allows you to, instead of react, which is instantaneous, to pause, step back, okay, What's going on here? Why am I taking this personally? What's triggering me here? And be like, hmm, is this about me? Or is this about, is this their issue? And then respond, right? Once you've had a chance to step back and think about, um, you know, what's really going on in this situation. And, and most of the times, I don't know, would you agree that when we react to things, it's almost exclusively about us and then somewhere inside of us, our quote unquote ego? Oh, for sure, right? The core yeah. <laughs> motivations, our core fears, that is, those are our habitual patterns that we get stuck in. So Chris, I think one of the biggest connections of this culture of hurry is this socially acceptable feeling of overwork. And I think a lot of times um, people are workaholics. Work is their addiction. It's their poison, their drug of choice. And it's also rewarded and socially acceptable. And so it's okay for people to glorify work and overwork. How have you seen that manifest in the last couple of years, either with yourself or with your clients or way back when you were feeling in the height of burnout? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, what is that about? Like, that's fascinating. I had a friend who spent some time in the Middle East and he said, you know, Chris, it's really fascinating that in the Middle East, they don't ask, what do you do? Like, that's what we do whenever we're in networking situations. Like, hey, what do yeah. you do? What do you and do? it's like, that's right. That's our identity. In the Middle East, they ask, who are you? Mm. Which I think that's it, so simple. But I think it highlights, you know, if America were had an Enneagram type, it would very likely be a three. That's um, exactly you know, what I was Threes are those, right, right? It's, it's um, you know, it's an achiever mindset, right? Success at, at all costs. And I think that's part of, of what is behind overworking being glorified. Um, there's this idea of success and um, success over fulfillment, even with Tom Brady, you know, when he won, I forget when this was, but one of his myriad of uh, Super Bowls, it was one of the first. And it was like, you know, he's like, well, now what, right? He achieved success, but that didn't create fulfillment for him. And I think that's a really important um distinction to make. And Tim Tebow talks about this, the difference between success and fulfillment and success is an external thing. Somebody drew a line in the sand, or maybe you did based on certain things, but then fulfillment is much more of an internal thing. Success can be future oriented. Like I'm going to achieve or accomplish X in the future, but fulfillment is again, it's an internal thing you can choose today. And that overworking that, that over identifying with that I think stems from the ego and I'll define the ego as that part of us that is, you know, there's this, this story we believe about ourselves from early on that 
um, you know, we, we want to satisfy certain needs and, and chances are they don't serve, those needs don't serve us anymore or, or going after them the way that, that, uh, we used to doesn't serve us anymore. And so I've coached plenty of business owners who just could not stop working. And what was behind it was very ego driven. And in some cases, what I mean by that is maybe their parents were at the, at the core of that saying like, you know, they wanted to please them or, or make them proud. Uh, and, and they just couldn't, if they stopped working, it meant that, they weren't any good. They weren't worthy of love for whatever reason, or they have to keep up with the Joneses. They have to like, you know, fear of missing out or something along those lines. But the, uh, it is a badge of honor to be busy and it's not healthy. I've seen coaching clients who have literally put themselves in the hospital. You mentioned the body keeps score. And when we overwork, when we, when we, um, you know, work too much to the point where it causes us stress. Our body feels that it's violent on our body and our hearts. And it, it, I've seen it literally put people in the hospital and even, um, you know, cause serious, uh, like strokes. It's caused some friends of mine, uh, one specifically like caused a stroke and like, or it seems to have at least contributed to it. So, um, we overworking is something we really got to dive into and understand what's going on there. Yeah. And I, I wonder too, how much of our identity is tied up in our work. And so we continue to overwork because we're constantly trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to prove our worth. I am what I do, right? Like that is the mindset of this, uh, of what you and I are dubbing the Enneagram 3 America, that we are what we do. And it's going to take some work for us to pause, to slow down, to get self-reflective, and kind of untangle ourselves from from what we do. I personally, so where I work, I have two degrees from. I have spent my entire adult life at this institution. And for quite a while, that was my identity. And just in the past couple of years, I've really begun to consider who am I outside of what I do? And who am I outside of this place that has been my, my home for over 20 years? Um, I'm really understanding that. And I hope that other people are able to pause and start to think about who are they, not just with what they do, but who are they, who is their identity when it's not tied to work? Yeah. Yeah. I saw a, a post um, about, um, you know, business being a certain type of business being a lifestyle. And it was talking about the entrepreneur and how, look, if you're going to own a business and be an entrepreneur, you got to be super passionate about it and be willing to take calls at, at certain hours and things like that. And, you know, it, it was meant in, in good, um, in good spirit, right? So the, the post was, I understand what was, what was being said, but I had to comment and say, well, you're right. And let's just be mindful that in an industry that this person was in, that is very, um, given to work overworking and being, um, available to their, their clientele at all hours of the night. I'm like, look, let's just be careful and be clear. You, you have worth outside of your business and you've got to understand that. Right. And so the question comes to, well, how do we, can we live a fulfilled life and a busy life? Yes. And I think the answer busy is, and is fulfilled. yeah. Yes, I think we can. Uh, I think it depends on, on how we define busy. And we've got to be careful. Um, I think that comes from fulfillment comes from, you know, yeah, before I answer that, Adrian, let me ask you, where do you think fulfillment comes from? I think fulfillment comes from really knowing yourself and knowing what makes you feel like you are thriving. 
when do you feel engaged? When do you feel joyful? And I think it's cultivating that into your life so that way you're not just being busy and having things drain you constantly. Because when you're being busy with things that are fulfilling and bringing you joy and it's filling your bucket, even though it might be busy, I think that that's where that fulfillment comes. What about you? What do you think about that? I I agree as well. You know, fulfillment comes from truly understanding yourself. And we're going to talk about this in the next episode, but, you know, the idea of surrender and and letting go of control and what are you trusting in? Um, But, you know, when you understand whether it's, you know, for me, it's, it's my God, right. From, from a spiritual standpoint, I trust in a God outside of myself. And, and um, that's knowing that, that he's got me, he's got my back and that I can let go of the control really allows me to, to understand who am I apart from what I am doing and just focus on being. And so when you understand those things and, and what your attachment in an, maybe in an unhealthy way is to achievement, I, I think that you can get focused on what is truly matters. In fact, I was coaching one of my clients the other day and we were talking about how uh, there's, a, there's a scripture about... Um, you know, God gives you the desires of your hearts, uh, your heart. And I take that to mean he actually puts the desire in my heart. Not that I want a Ferrari, so he's going to give me a Ferrari. Um, it's that, no, he puts that desire, whatever that is in there. And if we're so busy, if we're so distracted, if we're not slowing down and actually getting silent enough to actually understand what our heart desires really are, how could we pursue them? How could we ever be fulfilled? And so I think that it's super important to understand what's at the center of our hearts uh, and those desires. Yeah. If I can share a quick story about that. So last year when I was teaching a freshman seminar class, um, one of the first questions that I asked them on the first day of class was, what do you want? And a lot of them didn't know. A couple of them had lifelong aspirations of, you know, why they were in college and the career that they wanted to pursue. Some of them were like, I want a 4.0, right? Something that's very um, immediate and and short term. But I wonder how many working professionals, you know, if we were to ask them or even in your coaching conversations, what do you want? How many people have really stopped and reflected and listened long enough to be able to answer that? I, I will tell you, not many. I mean, even when I ask coaching clients, you know, they don't know often when I first ask that. Now, um, we'll get into this. And this is what part of what coaching is about is that it, it helps to draw that out. Right. And one of the things you can do is actually ask yourself, OK, what do you want? Why is that important to you? Why is that important to you? Why is that important to you? You know, go three levels deep. And, and eventually, if you're honest with yourself, you start to get to the emotion and the real reasons behind what it is that you really want. Oh, I want a 4.0. Well, why is that important to you? Well, I, you know, it'll get me a good job. Why is that important to you? Oh, whatever. Why is that important to you? Well, I don't want to let my parents down or whatever. So it's, it's really at, right. Asking what the, the reason is behind all of that. Yeah. And I love the coaching conversations because it can really help get people clear on what they want and to draw things out of them that they may have known were in there, but for them to be able to articulate articulate it and really get clear on on what they want and how to get there. And you know, Adrian, it's it's really kind of fascinating. A lot of this stuff has come to the surface since COVID and and the the lockdown happened. And I, I've thought a lot about that. And I'd love to hear if you your opinion differs. But what I think happened now, I'll be honest, I'm an introvert. 
and I could have stayed in our house for a very long time. <laughs> but I I know some folks that it it literally that are in my sales real estate sales business and it killed them. It literally almost killed them. They could not stand it and they were angry and they needed to get out. But I could have stayed there a long time. And I think why this brought all this stuff to the the surface was because it forced us to stop and slow down and actually start to listen to what was going on in our hearts. And I I think that's part of what quiet quitting and all of that kind of stuff is about is we realized we slowed down, we stopped and we realized I'm not happy. This isn't working. I don't like this. And people realize that and they're like, okay, I got to do something different. Or maybe they didn't realize it consciously, but it's a subconscious hum just below the surface that they can't get rid of. What do you think? Yeah, I think I actually have a little bit of a different perspective on that because when the pandemic hit, it didn't allow me to slow down. I had to amp up what I was doing. We were in the process of planning an in-person orientation for thousands of students. And suddenly we had to figure out how do we plan a virtual orientation? And then suddenly we were in um, rifts, a reduction in force. And so people were being laid off. And so we were operating on um, under-resourced and understaffed um, staffs. And so for me, it wasn't, oh, I can kind of take my foot off the gas pedal and get introspective and look inside. It was like, holy shit, like I can't stop working. Like I have to get this done because A, everyone's job is in jeopardy and B, we have to make this happen. And so I think I was in that period for about two years before I was able to pause and to Mm. get reflective. And so I think it just, it may be varied by industry. I think if you talk to any medical professionals, they probably were not feeling like they had time to slow down. Uh, So I really think it's a paradox. And I think it's so interesting. You know, you go ask any person, hey, what was your experience like in 2020? And you're going to have probably two very polar opposite stories, either the one that you just shared or the ones where like, it was just nonstop work and I couldn't come up for air for years if they have even been able to now. Mm. I'm so glad you share that perspective because either way, whether you slowed down and realized it wasn't working or things got worse, yeah, that's not okay either. And you're like, this still is definitely either way. It caused us to think your situation or mine, like this isn't working either this way. This is not okay. Right? Yep. And, this is not mm-hmm. sustainable. Nope. No, absolutely not. So, you know, so. As we think about what we've discussed today about the problem of losing our quote unquote soul with hurry and distraction and, um, you know, overworking and all the things that go into this as an entrepreneur and, and leader and, and business owner, um, you know, I just, you know, want to encourage you to reflect on your own relationship with technology, the pace of life and, you know, what is, what is your connection with the business? And so, um, you know, if there were one or two points that you wanted to make sure that everybody paid attention to, Adrian, what might that be today? Well, I think I really, within that one issue, a challenge because I recently read an article that said that nearly half of working Americans do not take their allocated or their allotted vacation days. And so when we think about everything that we talked about, um, you know, being in this constant state of hurry, not necessarily knowing what it is that is fulfilling to us, not being able to compulsively check our phones, you know, kind of want to marry those two together. And my challenge for our listeners would be schedule a vacation day and don't make any plans. And if that feels too scary, 
schedule maybe half a day. Choose three hours and don't make plans. Uh, you don't have to go on vacation, but take that time and just get quiet and think about what is fulfilling to you and just create a little bit of space to intentionally invest in yourself and kind of go back to some of those self-care principles. I will echo that. I'm not going to put any other challenges out there to you. I think that that one is is quite enough. And yeah, I, I would echo what Adrian said. So with that said, our, our first episode is coming to a close. I just want to encourage you all to uh, to check out a few resources we're going to have on our, our website. Um, and that's going to be, there's a hurry, going to be a hurry assessment. You know, hey, am I am I hurrying too much? What does that look like? What are some of the signs? And we're going to have a, an, a, you know, an assessment to kind of figure that out and see where you're at. Um, you know, there's also going to be an uh, exercise to figure out what your values are, understanding who you are and what are the top values that you have. Uh, there's going to be ref uh, reflection questions, things like, hey, you know, set aside 30 minutes and reflect on how um, hurry impacts your life or, you know, those things like setting your phone aside. So we'll have that all listed out on the website for you to to check out. Um, and so go there and visit that. And please let us know what's your experience been with hurry and with the pace of life and workaholic uh, workaholism and things like that. Is your business eating you up? How are you protecting yourself from that? And uh, let us know what your questions are. We would absolutely love to field your questions. And like I said, at the end of the season, we're going to do a question and response. So if you audio record your question and send that to us and also transcribe it to us in the email, it'd be super helpful. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us on our next episode. We're going to talk about the topic of surrender and how important surrender is as far as leadership goes and being an effective leader. And so Adrian, thanks for being here with me and uh, everybody else. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Chris. See you later. Bye. On our next episode, we're joined by three remarkable business leaders, each with their own unique insights and experiences surrounding the problem as we defined it. You'll hear directly from them as they open up about their personal battles and triumphs and also the practical strategies they employ to rise above it. I promise you, it will be an eye-opening and deeply empowering conversation. See you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Overflowing Life. If our message struck a chord with you, please subscribe and connect with us. Share your thoughts, questions, and stories with us on Instagram at The Overflowing Life or visit TheOverflowingLife.com. And if you're looking for coaching that helps you create an overflowing life, please reach out to us. We'd love to partner with you. See you next week.